So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like getting together with other people, seeing their faces, and getting hugs if you need them. There's lots of support and encouragement that comes along with the brick-and-mortar church. Uh, There's great music. There are charming children at children's time. And we can't give you any cookies through a podcast either, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregation think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working or whatever... Maybe you're just sleeping in. You can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on a Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't expect that you will agree with everything we have to say. We're okay with that. We want you to do your own thinking, and this is a jumping off point for you. So our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, we are uh, we are at May 6th. May 6th. Woohoo! We're catching up. And I preached on Acts 10, 44 to 48 that week. Woohoo! Woohoo! Which is the story of Peter speaking and then the Holy Spirit coming upon a bunch of people he didn't think Oh, would ever yeah. receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right? remember this. Right? It's, the, it's the, the Holy Spirit's poured out even on Gentiles. And Peter is like, what? And then realizes, and he, has, he says, can, can I withhold baptism when the Holy Spirit has spoken? Yeah. And so. Good question, Peter. Good question, Peter. And that's not the question I really worked about. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> a little bit. But this was the Sunday I had invited our one of our volunteers who'd worked with the homelessness tent, mm-hmm. the overflow to the overflow that perhaps we've spoken about before on this podcast. We have, yeah. I had Jolie come and talk. And Jolie uh, is, has a doctorate in statistics. Okay. But she sort of has this appearance of a... Of a hippie, right? Yeah. So she's just kind of like chill and cool. And But I asked her to sort of give the group report because she had, had just had these really great sort of quippy responses and, and reactions uh-huh. to being in the tent. Sure. So I had her give her testimony and she gave a great testimony because she was just like, she kind of mixed it between that statistician's brain, like sort of giving numbers to how many of the people in the tent were employable, how many were employed. But she also had these great quips about, is a tent in a parking lot with a porta potty the best we can do? Yeah. She gave real like life to the light of like the men in the tent who Uh are of a certain age who have to like get up, get up several times, several times a night and shuffle out to the bathroom out in the cold. And and she talked about the contrast because they eventually had still too many people sleeping on the street. So they opened the overflow to the overflow to the overflow in the conference room Uh in the building, in the complex. And she talked about how much more humane it was just to have access to a bathroom. Yeah. Right. She's like, they didn't have any mats. They didn't have beds. We were supposed to keep them sitting up. And she was like, and we quickly decided that was inhumane. And she said, but but there was something about the dignity of having an indoor bathroom. So just this really great description and gave real life to like the stories and the interactions. You know, the the guys who get up 
at, you know, we're supposed to get them out by 6.30 and there's the guys who have to get up at 5.30 to go to work. And they've yeah. been, you know, they've only gotten like five hours of sleep. And, and so just that, that real testimony of what was going on. And then I, then I got to the scripture and I explained a little bit how we can relate to the being surprised by God. Yeah. And surprised by what happens to our story when God enters into it. Peter and the other disciples and apostles think they knew, right? Like they felt like they were in, in possession of secret knowledge, mm. right? Like they had it all figured out. Well, we knew Jesus. And well, so we therefore, knew, we, yeah, have exactly. a, we have a special lease on whatever right? this God thing is. Yeah. And or at least felt like they had a good enough handle on it to what's decide. in and what's out, right? To decide right? who was worthy. And that they were very much in their, their narrow vision, right? Of like... The, the people like them, the people who who had their background. And in fact, we're not, you know, seemingly all that concerned about anybody else. You know, it was just sort of out of sight, out of mind, or maybe like, hey, I never even thought of that. You know, mm-hmm. how the, we have those moments. And so Peter in this in this story is experiencing something different. And, and what do we do with this? What do we do with that? Like, do we do we just sit there in astonishment? Ooh, look, circus act. Yeah. Right. Or do we actually, you know, step into that and, and, and explore that and figure out what that means? Peter takes action that caused him to come under fire from, from the authorities in Jerusalem, even though he's one of the authorities. Right. Right. But yeah, but he's like, clearly gone off a ledge. Like he's Jesus in, in Matt and Mark. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you crazy? Yeah. You're breaking all the rules. But anyway, and, and says, if God has blessed it and, and if I can see God in it, even it wasn't the way I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Peter says, how can I deny it? And who am I to make conditions? There's some grief and celebration that goes along with that, too. Like when things yeah. don't look like the way you thought they were supposed oh, totally, to totally, totally. Like, like that you need to give yourself room to grieve. But the people that you need to be grieving with are not the people that you're welcoming in. Right. Like you don't need to make them feel bad for being there. But right. you, so there's like, you need to celebrate right. the people who are coming in, but also you need to do your own processing right? to make right. sure that you're taking care of your stuff. Well, and I think it this, the way that it impacts our story is that there's that, the interaction of like how I think the world is going to look and how you think the world is going to look creates a synergy that creates a better picture yeah. of how the world is going to look. Right. But that we have to let go. Yeah, there's details we got to let go of. And then there's the interaction between my story and, say, a stranger's story. or And then the Venn diagram sort of of when things overlap and when they don't, you know, we don't mm-hmm. always know that what that picture looks like and what God's trying to do in the midst there. And it pulls back to, to Jolie's testimony in that here we are pretty cognizant, right, that we're not solving the problem, that we are... Literally, as as we've been talking about it since, you know, death prevention, not hospitality. Yeah. Right. There are very different things. But to be able to have the experience of those things in ways that allow us to process them so that we can tell the story and tell our story differently because we have that interaction. You know, for Jolie, the experience of realizing the dehumanization of that experience causes her to tell the story differently than she might have told it before, right? And then allows us, you know, and allows those of my congregation who weren't able to be a part of the tent ministry to hear it differently as well. And it's an unlikely experience of God, right? The experience of God is not in like, oh, the feel-good story we can tell about the person we helped that night in the, you know, right? Oh, yeah, no, that's not, 
That's, that's not why you go to the tent. Right? But it's the unlikely experience of God transforming you mm-hmm. in the process or opening your eyes to things we should have been able to see anyways. Mm-hmm. Or because like we had some great conversations with. Or just realizing you're not that different. Like it doesn't right? have to be a I'm coming to sit right. at the feet of the homeless and have them teach me things. And it doesn't have to be an I'm coming no, to serve no, the homeless no, and therefore like, they owe like, me things. Yeah. like when It's I think very about, much like a you're just showing up in the same place at the same time and trying to do some work. Right. Well, and I think about like the volunteer, one of my volunteers being able to have the conversation with her as somebody who's an immigrant mm-hmm. to the United States. And she's kind of going, so... Why has this happened? She she understands that it's happening and she she sees clearly that this is not the thing. But she's like, so what are the other factors going on here? Right. Because was this not in her... That's not in my... The country of her origin. Or, you know, not in her narrative of who we are in the United States. That was really cool. But, you know, there are other experiences of God that have been formative for my life, right? Like other surprises of God. Have I ever told you the story about how my parents, right after they got engaged, were going to two different mission work sites? So my dad was going to New York City and my mom was going to North Dakota. Oh, my. And um, my dad decided to save money. He was going to hitchhike at least part of the way. So he and my mom say goodbye and he starts hitchhiking across the United States. And this is the 50s. I think I have heard this story, but keep going. Yes. So this is the 50s. So he starts hitchhiking across the United States, and he gets to Utah on a Sunday night. If you can imagine, there is nothing going on in Utah on a no. Sunday night in the 1950s. Yeah. And so a sheriff comes along and you know invites him to sleep in the jail for the night. And my dad said, okay, that's great. Could you let me out in time to catch this train that's going to come through? Because that's when my my fiance is going to be on that train. And so my dad's in the jail. The sheriff doesn't show up. The train goes by. My dad's trying to get the lineman who's fixing a line outside the jail to, to let get, him out to, to get somebody to let him out. And the guy's going, yeah, right, like right, yeah, right. So the sheriff finally shows up, lets him out, apologizing because he overslept. Yeah. My dad gets on the next train that will get him to like Chicago or whatever. And it's not the train my, my mom was going to be on. So he's a little disappointed. And he gets on this car and he looks up and there's my mother sitting on the train because she decided to take a different train that was going to be faster. And she didn't have a way to tell him. And this the 50s. They didn't have cell phones. And so um, they got to spend some time together on the train. But um, there's just the story of like, you know, like, what are the chances of like getting on the right car like, they could have eventually found out they rode the same train and not seen each other. So yeah. the fact that they got to see each other. But, you know, it's just one of those experiences of of God working, of the synchronicities of life being part of how God reveals God's self to us. You know, so it can be the, the wide transformative experience that Peter has, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, his whole theology is shifted in a moment. Mm-hmm. And it can be the experience of, of comfort and, and acknowledgement of presence mm-hmm. and everything in between. And, and the idea, too, like the idea of finding God already present when we think we're showing up with God. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's a big one, right? Like, that's a really, really big one. It leads to all kinds of trouble. Arrogance mm-hmm. and colonialism Realism. and you know, yeah. economic colonialism and it's all kinds of things of like, oh, I am going to come help you. Right, right. That's not community. That's not community. One of my folks on my Monday night Bible study is really has been really active in Kairos, the prison ministry. And, and she was like, you know, you have this, the audacity to think there's no God in the prison mm-hmm. until you show up. Yeah. And then you realize, no, 
That's not how this works. You know, when everything comes together, when it looks like it's not going to come together, and when goods comes from something that you saw. We were having a conversation with a small group the other day, and people were talking about, like, how God speaks to them, Mm -hmm. and it was always something really nice, like nature and science and all this stuff. And then Devin spoke up, and I always appreciate it when Devin speaks up, and he, he said something about, I know that God is there when I am uncomfortable. Like, God push I should be uncomfortable with income inequality and with this that and the other like right. I sh- it should make me right. uncomfortable it should make me angry it should make right. me feel like I'm do- I'm out of line so when I'm uncomfortable I know God is showing up right and and, and we have to remember that it's it's both those things right. right but if we only think it's one of those things if we only, we only think, think it's, it's the the f- the happy fuzzy feeling right. then we're we're never going to get it right right and I think like like this this passage from Acts draws that out. You know, we get that then Peter, you know, like that there's a struggle. Yeah, with Peter, it's like, look who's coming to dinner. Not only on Peter's side, but on the other side, right. I think. Little, like, we, oh, we don't yeah. know what this guy's rules are. Right. This Jewish guy that just walked into the house and right? is going to baptize us. Like, we don't right. know what his stuff is. And then... what have we what have we just accepted? Right. Like, what have we what have we just been in the middle of? And, and there's some uncertainty in that. And that Jolie's example is a good example. Like, you don't always know exactly what you're supposed to do. You don't mm-hmm. always know exactly wh- what your role is. Mm-hmm. But and, and you're uncomfortable or you're um maybe just shy mm-hmm. about what you're experiencing. And that's a hard thing. And that's a, that's a thing that we don't, the Christian culture says is weird. Yeah. Because we're used to being the loudest voice. Right. And so when we're, when we're not, when we take a proper stance of humility and assume that we're not the only ones in the room. Yeah. Like we actually learn more. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as a, thinking about this and, and sort of putting it in, in the context of like where I'm going with this this set of sermons is, you know, this thinking about recognizing our story and recognizing the ways in which God is entering in that surprise, that challenge, that maybe give us a little heartburn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then realizing that that's what we're in the middle of. I like that Peter doesn't leave right away. He doesn't go like, you're baptized, I'm done. Yeah. Like he sticks around, which he knows means he's going to be eating food that's not kosher. He's going to be hanging out with people he doesn't know how to relate to. Um, he sticks around and he decides that this is a learning experience for him as well as for yeah. them. Yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah. And that we, that, that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I don't know all the answers. I need, I need, I need to, to stick around. I need to stick around. I need to be in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Susan. Thank you, Chris. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about today, you can shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com, where you'll find notes on every episode and our entire archive. The scripture for this podcast is Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. And the music you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of our podcast and the end of our worship services, we, we offer a blessing to the congregation of... Uh, Sometimes it's a reminder about what we talked about in the sermon, and sometimes it's a reminder just to be better people. Sometimes it's a reminder to fully enter into the season we are in. And today what I send you forth with is the idea that you, that your story and God's story are intermixing, and that God's story and your story and my story are interacting, and that God is doing amazing things in and between and through us. Pay attention. Pay attention.
Amen. Mm-hmm.